Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There were two things that Boomer would talk about more than anything when we first started together back in 2018 that have continued to this very day in 2023. That is the New York Rangers and whatever's going on in their world and Joe Klecko getting into the Hall of Fame. Those are the two things he would bring up probably uh, 500 times a year. And one of them uh, just happened, of course, as we found out during Super Bowl week. Joe Klecko will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this summer, and he joins us right now in studio. Joe, congratulations. It's great to see you. What's happening? Oh, it's a tremendous honor. It's really good. And again, I do. I owe a lot to the big guy. He's, uh, <laughs> he's been hounding my horn for a long time. And, you know, I, I guess... Did you get every Sunday that cake I sent you? I know. Yeah, yeah, I did not get everyone. I appreciate the thought, though. But I, you know, I, I always tell people, and I, and you know how I feel about you as a player. You are relentless on the field, and every offensive lineman that I ever played with, when we played against you, was like, "That's the guy that we got to stop." Now, Gasano benefited from you, and I'm sure Marty. You guys all benefited from each other, but there has to be like the bell cow on the line of on the defensive line where you have to worry about that guy. Bell cow, yeah, and you were that guy. <laughs> you were that guy. I'm sorry, you were. And I remember I tell a story often. Dave Remington, you know, still very very close to Dave, still works for me. And one night we're we're in the, our hotel room. It's the night before we're playing the Jets. <clears throat> And all of a sudden, I, I wake up around 1 o'clock in the morning, and I hear what I think is like a mouse or something running across the floor or up inside the wall. And I hear this rubbing and scratching going on. And I'm like, what the hell is that? I finally turn on the lights, and it's Remington who's rubbing his feet together at the, at the, at the end of the bed. He's sleeping, but he's rubbing his feet. And I, I had to wake him up. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, Jesus, I got to play Klecko tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, we always knew, and I always knew, just how great a player you were. I, I just can't believe that it took this long. That's, that's the, the issue that I also well, have. Well, the biggest thing that I, I think I learned from those guys after talking to them about the vote is, uh, you know, um, Joe Horgan is, of course, one of the greatest guys ever if you're a football fan to talk to. I mean, here's the guy that knew Bronco Nagurski, knew Greg Grange. He knows the history of the league like nobody else. Exactly. So I'm talking to him one day, and he was talking about when I was still the modern-day candidate, a lot of the, re the voters were asking him, well, what is he? Is he an end? Is he a tackle? Is he a nose tackle? And this was their, their dilemma. And it goes to show you for us, this is how reporters think sometimes, and it's like so stupid, you know. And Delamalor's system, he said, does it really matter? He dominated every one of them. And then it was like a light bulb went off, you know. So it's like you're a great football player and that you were, you were basically could play any position that your coaches asked you to play and you could play it well. Not well, but you could play it great. You know, the other guy that got in this year is another former Bengal, Kenny Riley, who had a ton of interceptions during his career. But I believe, you know, he was just an afterthought 
because nobody ever thought about him until all of a sudden somebody starts has has to knock down the door for you. Yeah. So your guy kind of was like Gary Myers. Yeah, right? he was my advocate all the way. Without it, Gary was big for me, you know, because before that was Paul Zimmerman, which From you know, Sports Illustrated. Yep. And uh, Paul was a big fan of mine, and he was plugging for me all the time. And then when he passed away, I had a big lull in there, you know, because during the modern day candidate election process i was thought of a lot and he would always tell me hey joe you know we have a shot here we have a shot. and then it never happened and then gary myers picked it up about three or four years ago and the same thing a little bit like you know we got to get in there and and do certain things and i think that one of the things this year actually put it over the top thank god for if if there's such a thing for covid uh the zoom and what they did is they did a a, a zoom call with all the guys I played against, now you know how hard that would have been yes. to get them all together to talk to. So they did a Zoom with everybody I played against. And, uh, you know, Vermeil was on it. And, and, of course, Hannah and guys like that. And, and, and Dick Vermeil gave me a great uh, accolade. And I think it really is what helped, helped the other voters put it over the top. They said, you know, like you just talked about, the one guy you had to worry about was me. And he talked about Aaron Rodgers. You know, he said today they game planned for him and so forth. Aaron he Donald, goes, you're saying? Aaron Donald, yeah, yeah, excuse yeah, me. Yes. That, Rogers is stuck in my head. I've heard so many things. <laughs> yes, uh, me too. But anyway, uh, uh, he said, you know, we have to uh, uh, game plan for Joe Klecko just like him. And then when you draw their attention to a lot of the voters who maybe never even were around when I played, you know, that's how long it's been. Yeah. You know, so I, I, was, I would always say that you would you were the first guy that I ever remembered when you did play nose tackle, you would you would cock yourself one side to the other. Was that something you did on your own, or was that something that you were taught? If you remember or not, Joe Green did that. <clears throat> Joe did it in a four-man line, though. Okay. When Bud Carson came to us as a defensive coordinator, he said, Joe, he goes, you think you can do this? this is, well, what do you want to do with it? You know, of course, how do you want to play? You know, you want to play two-gap all the time? I'm not doing that because I'm not going to sit You're there. up the field. You yeah, want to get up the yeah, field I'm, as quickly I'm as do possible. Something. So, you know, like Remington will tell you, you know, they didn't know where I was going because at least I had I had the quickness and the strength to you know, just pick people up. So the problem is like, as a, as hold on for a second, Eddie. When I got up to the line of scrimmage and there you are in the nose and you are cocked to the left, to my left. Yeah. So my offensive line would then slide to, to you. We would all try to, we'd bring Max Montoya down, Bruce Reimers down. We would try to stop that. And then if you were fast enough, you would jump to the other side. There would be a gaping hole over there. And now the center is in a really awkward position trying to block you, and they could never block him. Yeah, yeah. They didn't know where I was going up field, going around. They didn't know where I was going. Right. So finally what we did is we just basically, for a lack of a better descriptive term, it was like we'd smush block. Everybody would come together. <laughs> and then that's where guys that you played with, maybe Abdul Salam, maybe Marty Lyons, maybe Mark Asano, would either be one-on-one -on -one or would have a gap where they could shoot it. And I think they would probably tell you the same thing. At least I know Marty has told me time and again just how, you know, what kind of a player you were. Like, I look at you, I see a big pain in the ass. That's what I see. Well, that was but a, a good, great That was a good ass. thing, though. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yes. <laughs> Talking to Hall of Famer Joe Klecko on the fan in CBS Sports Network. Talked a little bit about this off the air, but I, I found it very interesting. You know, how do they know or how do they make sure that you're going to be home when Joe Namath shows up at the door without letting you know that you're already in the Hall of Fame? Well, the, the Hall had called me previously and said, Joe, if you're successful 
uh, we need to do this, and that's go out to the Super Bowl during the, the NFL awards banquets and stuff like that, and so forth and so on. Because just in case we can't get a hold of you, who lives with you still? Which was my wife and my daughter. They were still, you know, because everybody else is married. And uh, so they called my daughter, and they said, listen, we need to get your dad home. Uh, I think it was a Tuesday at between 10 and 11 in the morning. And she said, my mom can make my dad do anything. So, <laughs> you know, we'll have him here. So actually we had, the funny part about that knock was, uh, we had ordered food. And I was going to, not many people come to my house, except mm-hmm. it's delivering something usually. And, you know, uh, I'm going to answer the door. I'm thinking I'm answering the guy for food. <laughs> And here's Joe, you know, and it's like Joe in his gold jacket and 14 people behind him with cameras. I knew what they were there for, but I turned around and I said to my wife, hey, honey, Joe Namath came to lunch. So it was the first thing on my mind. But oh, that had to be great, man. That had that had to be a moment for you. Oh, it really was. And, and honestly, listen, Joe's an icon. You know, the AFL was started around his, his persona. He, you know, he was... Probably the greatest thing that happened to Jets. I mean, you know, how they predict the call that he made and everything like that. You know, Joe Namath is Joe Namath. Who doesn't know Joe Namath, you know? And for him to come to my house, you know, to to pull him out of the great weather in Florida to come (laughs) up to freezing weather, you know, was alone a feat in itself. But Joe Joe actually told him all later that, you know, for me and he would have done it. So I was very honored that Joe came. You know, we're talking to Joe Klecko here. Got uh, honored. He's going into the Hall of Fame this August. I believe the Jets are going to end up playing in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, and really, the Jets kind of owned the NFL honors. You had two Rookie of the Years with Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. You obviously are going into the Hall of Fame. I'm wondering, I, I never really saw you around a lot of NFL stuff in the, in the past. Was this like one of the first times that you have actually been back seeing everybody like at NFL honors? Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, uh, when Danny was around, my son, who actually played in yes. three Super Bowls, which I can't stand, but you know that's beside the point. <laughs> for, for the, you know, uh, they walk the around with his rings. Yes, but uh, uh, those were the only other times. And yes, the, I was never really involved much with the NFL alumni and stuff being around the game. And it was, it, it was, you know, I was surprised really at the legends they call it that they bring out and and do with the at the Super Bowls like that because the, the previous Super Bowls that I had been at and stuff, I didn't see that much of that. You were there as a fan, right, and as a dad. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's I haven't I haven't really gone to many big you know the Super Bowls and stuff like that much at all. Now, during the times where you weren't being nominated or you weren't getting in during the modern day candidate stuff, was there a point where you're like, "I just gotta I gotta forget about this. This is consuming me too much," or did you roll with the punches with it? No, I, I roll. With, listen, I'm a I'm, I'm a very devout Catholic. I'm a good Christian boy, and I, I believe in God's will. And if it was His will for me to be there, that's the way I assumed it. I mean, I never take anything for granted. Like I said. When somebody said to me that I was finally nominated in August, you know, I had to wait until, you know, uh, next January, February to have, you know, the completion of it. I still didn't give it its its worth. Reason being, I said, I'm in the construction business. And until I cash the check, you know, yeah. you really don't know. So I didn't cash the check yet. So I was still on edge with it and so forth. But it, it, of course, it was fantastic when it came. Did you ever uh, have any conversations with Harry Carson? Because, you know, obviously we all know the Harry Carson story. He was getting sick and tired of not, you know, being overlooked and finally said, you know, I don't even want to be a part of this anymore. Fortunately enough, they finally put him in. 
Did you ever have any conversations with him over the frustrations of not getting what I believe is the respect that you deserved? Well, I, I did see him this weekend. And before that, prior to that, I avoided that conversation with him because basically my attitude towards that was like I just said, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, am I going to jump on a stake because it didn't happen? You know, I never would have figured that out, you know. And so I talked to him this weekend a little bit about it when we were out there because there was 50 or 60 Hall of Famers at the game, you know. And uh, he said, well, Joe, you're finally here and stuff. I said, yeah, I says, I'm just glad I didn't have to get put through your deals that, that you did. I It, it came in the quiet of the night, more or less, the way it happened, you know. So yeah, it was definitely for him. It was it was a little different story. I mean, I mean, another guy that was so worthy that over the years gets overlooked. And I think the the further we get away from our generation, anyway, and more of the guys in the you know the two thousands now are retiring, and Tom Brady's retiring, and Peyton Manning's retired, and all Eli Manning, and you know, all these guys are well known guys. All have had major success. And then guys like you or Harry or somebody else ends up getting pushed back even farther than where you were. So I, I, I got to believe it's frustrating, but it's also got to be fulfilling that you finally made it. That's well, that's the thing. You know, the one thing I was sitting talking to my friend in his office one day, we're talking about in Big Bill Pollock, he's a buddy of mine. And uh, uh, we were talking about, you know, uh, you know, you don't really feel it yet. You know, he goes. You have to convince yourself you belong. It's almost like, you know what I'm saying when I say this, going to a new team. And if you go to another team, you know, it's not like you walk in and everybody goes, hey, Boomer, good to see you. How no, You know, you got to get in and everybody has to accept you. You have to become one of the guys and so forth. But here it was so much different like that when I went out. And was introduced to all the other guys at the hall. You know, usually the defensive linemen, when you go to a, a team, they don't want to talk to you, you know. Right. But here I go out there and everybody I talked to was gracious. They were welcoming. And, you know, it's a different world. It's a new team, but it's, it's a different world. I should know this, and I, I think I do know this, but I'll, I want you to tell everybody who's inducting you. Oh, um, I'm going to have Marty do Marty it. Marty do it. Right? Oh, nice. Well, right. I, you know, listen, you know, they told me about, I thought about my son, Danny, of course, who played and all, but I'm dad, you know. Yeah. It's a little different. And then having a guy that lived with you in the trenches and do things with you, I think was per perfect. And, you know, because Marty's, you know, in the broadcast world, he'll do a great job. So, you know, I figured really there was not many other people I can think of to do it but him. Are you a write a speech guy or are you like shoot from the hip when it comes I'm to I'm usually a shoot from the hip guy about because I don't accept too many speeches I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, so I don't have to prepare too much. Oh, you're going to have to prepare for this one though, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've got a lot of people to thank, man. I, you know, but, you know, they give you 10 minutes. So, yeah. you know, say... I'm Joe Thomas, who got elected first ballot. Right. Daryl Rivas. He, they only have this much of their career to talk about. I've now got another 30 years to talk about with people and stuff. So I, I think Howie Long and I were talking. He said, you got to become a speed reader, Joe, real quick. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is, uh, and I forgot Darrell Rivas got in as well. So the Jets are definitely playing in oh, the yeah. Hall of Fame game. Without question, they're going to want... Jet fans there, and it's you're going to see a sea of green. I'm sure and it's going to be a, a source of pride. Yeah, it's, going be, it's going to be the Jets and the Browns. I think. It will be. Yeah, so it's going to be. It's going to be a great, you know, a great day. And you know, I was there for Coach Cowers, and watching Coach Cower go through that, you know, he gets emotional. You hmm. going to get emotional? I mean, you can't help but get emotional. But you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer of tears. Mostly are for other people that count. When they're tears for yourself. 
I, I'm not such a, a big proponent of that. You know, will I be emotional? I tell you, I don't know because it's, it's a joyful time. It really is, it, even though it's an emotional time. Like you, the, the most emotional point of this so far was when I walked out on stage at the awards banquet and we were all standing there and announced and i'm looking into the sea of people who are clapping for us you know and that was a point it was that was the most emotional for me so far you know but you know i'm gonna have all my family sitting there and everything like that what's it gonna be like uh, oh where where did the jets give you your bust at one of the home games (laughs) i mean don't they do that don't they have like a a ceremony at one of the home games they give you your ring your rank. Yeah, so oh, your bust, bust will be there. You're going to have a big bust, too. He's going to have a big bust. But, you know, again, I got to go talk to them this week about, you know, things that, you know, this whole thing is such a production. I have to give people's uh, uh, emails and names and stuff. So it's going to be it's a lot of work. And thank <laughs> yeah. God I have my daughter and my daughter-in-law who are very, you know, they're in the business world now, and they do a great job with it. So they're they're my my oh, uh, take care of people thing. Yeah, exactly. Because who wants to deal with all the so, clerical stuff? Like yeah, somebody, exactly. Just fluff it off to somebody who's better at it. So let me just tell you what happened last year. So Isaac Bruce gets up there. I think it was Isaac Bruce, you know, and Isaac is an angry guy. I don't know why he's angry, but he's one angry guy. And he gets up there, and they have these uh, these these big teleprompters that are about the size of this monitor here. So you're standing up there and you can look at the monitor and you could read the monitor. It's great. I, I promise you. The monitor went off for him for some reason and he had an iPad in front of him. And you could tell he was getting really frustrated and disgusted. <laughs> I hope that does not happen to you. And if it well, does happen, you just smashed it. Just smashed it. And just talk from the heart, man. Well, the one thing about it is I'll probably write this thing 12 times, 15 times. Yeah. And you know as well as I do when you're going to talk and into a book. Once you get it down, you got it down. It's it's the teleprompters help, you know. But you know, from that point on, it's basically it's coming from here and here. So you mentioned Bud Carson, uh, you know, talking about doing the cock nose thing and all that other stuff. Uh, like, who are the coaches that you hold responsible for your success? Like, who are the guys that got the most out of you? Without a doubt, Walt Michaels, who was our first head coach. And the reason being, I say that is Walt remind me of my father. I'll tell you a very funny story, which is I'm playing Little League Baseball. I'm at shortstop, okay? So, uh, you know, something happened during the game. But to win the game, I hit a home run. So we win the game. Everybody's clapping me. So my dad used to sit in right field because I batted left-handed. So he so I, he never walked to me. I had to walk to him. Uh-huh. So I walk out there and I said, what do you think? He said to me, why'd you boot the ball at short? (laughs) So that was my, and that was Walt Michaels. And Walt was the kind of guy, he didn't run around and pat everybody on the back. And today he couldn't coach without a doubt. But if you did your job, that's what you're supposed to do. And I was fine with that. And that's what satisfied me about Walt because he never yelled at me. So, you know, not getting yelled, that means you're doing your job. But him and Dan Sikanovich was my first defensive line coach. And I had two of my first years were really good years. And I had a lot of sacks and everything. And uh, at that time, it was Elsie uh, Greenwood who was making it in front of me from the Steelers, you know. Yeah. Well, during the 70s, who was else was the Steelers? Well, they, they own the, the NFL. Exactly. Yeah. So I said to Dan, I said to him, I says, you know, I says, how am I going to do this? How am I ever going to get to the Pro Bowl? And he said to me at that time, he said to me, he goes, Joe, you're not going to have to worry about the Pro Bowl. You're going to have to worry about the Hall of Fame. So those two wow. guys, and then, of course, 
I probably learned more about football from anybody than uh, from uh, 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 Bud Carson but, mm. and Dan Radakovich, who came in as our linebacker coach with Bud from the Steelers. He was the one that first started the Steelers with the tied down shirts and and taped in your pads, so they couldn't grab you. Yeah, right. he's the one that started that basically. But those two guys, as far as you know, you'd be in a meeting and. They would, the coaches would come in and discover, you know, talk about the coverage and so forth. And he'd come in, and Bud's drawing this up on the board. He goes, who the hell designed this? And it was Rad, you know. And Rad was like a genius, you know. Oh, wow. And he goes, I did. He goes, well, we're not doing that. And he just, you know, two guys that were so, yeah. so comfortable in their skin to do stuff like that. But those two guys, I probably learned more from than anybody. Did you ever play uh, spray silicone on you? No. You know, you never I mean, that? No, I, I mean, I tried it one game, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it didn't matter. It didn't the matter. handles were here. You know, if they get in here on you, I mean, it was, it was, uh, Katie barred the door. That's why, like Anthony will tell you, you know, he talks about it all the time. Nobody ever did that. I was always in first. We had the old Plus you had the big, strong forearms. Well, it, it helped a lot to throw people out of the way, boom. Yeah, I know it did. <laughs> and I was on the end of some yeah. of those throwaways, I yeah, can tell you they, that. They, they tell he, was on, he was on air a little while, you know, uh, during the Sunday show, and I sent him a picture of me sacking him. Yeah. Oh, that nice? Nice thing to do to send me while I'm getting ready to go on television. <laughs> uh, who was the toughest offensive lineman? Or a couple offensive linemen that you played against. Well, I always do it by position, of course. Right. And uh, without a doubt, Dwight Stevenson was the toughest reason being is Dwight had a lot of my action. He was very quick and very good with his hands. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Mike Webster, of course, was the kind of guy you'd never, never quit on you. Okay. So at center was those two guys. Without a doubt, Hannah. Hannah was the kind of the guy, up, yep. if you beat him, he was going to come back and tear your throat out. You know, he was he was not a guy to get intimidated at all. Where other guys, you start beating them and they want to pack it in, which is good. And then, of course, Anthony. And without a doubt, the best left tackle I ever played against is Anthony Munoz. But between the three of them, at their pr prospective positions, they were the ones I was the best. You said you were going to visit the Jets next week and figure out some stuff uh, with them as far as your ceremony. Are you going to find out who the hell their quarterback's going to be this year while you're over there? Can you do some investigation for us? Well, you know, everyone would love that. Joe Douglas has been quite, quite, quite tight-lipped about it. I mean, they've been talking to everybody, which we all know that, yeah. you know. And everybody's been asking me about my opinion about who it should be. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll dive into it. Yeah, with please. Him, no and just text him and be like, listen, this is what's going on. <laughs> like, I saw I saw Rogers locked himself in the bathroom oh, in, right. in the dark. Yeah. So he's he's coming here. Uh, Joe, it's, it's great seeing you. Congratulations. Uh, we can't wait for August. And it's going to be, I mean, standing there looking out at the Jets fans, still wearing your jersey, that that's going to be a moment that will be seared in your memory forever, and we're so happy for right. you. Right, and I, I need you to take a look at one thing for me, okay? So we have a, a video of my man Gio here going against one of our guys here, Sean Marash, uh, in a little office football. And I made them put their helmets on, and I made them go mano or mano. He was the offensive lineman. Mm -hmm. Marash was the defensive lineman. I want you to take a look at this, and I want you to evaluate what this video looks like. So, Stephen, if you can run the video on the big monitor, yeah, that the would big be monitor great. Here it is. Yeah. So, Gio's, look at, look at Gio. Gio's in the red helmet. <laughs>
Keep your head up. He did. He did. And I pancaked the guy for yeah, crying out loud. Yeah, but you got to admit, he can't Watch move. this, watch this, watch this. See, look, look, at, look at the weight he's got on me there, too. Yeah, and but by the way, you see our center is Al Dukes, our producer. He ends up on his back. Where'd he go, Al? Look at, look at his little skinny legs up in the air. I tell you what, you did a great job. You know, nobody touched Boomer. That's you know? exactly. Look at that clean pocket, and that's really what matters. Yeah, that clean pocket. Yeah. I tell you what, it's great to work here. Can I come work here? <laughs> if I win those battles like that, maybe I got a chance. This is how we take it out on this, each other around here if we don't like, like each other. Other. The third day of our new program directors starting, and he was like, I'm going to get fired in my first week. <laughs> well, i tell you what, you got off the ball pretty quick. At least you, at least you knew the snap count. So Same, good. Look at that. Perfect. And here's the thing, our center, Al Dukes in there, he, not only did he snap the ball, he snapped the ball and just turned around and looked to see where he snapped it yeah. and didn't even pay attention to what was happening. And he got happening. run over. See yeah. that? Yeah. 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 Steve, look at his little skinny legs up in the air. Situational awareness. And, you know, here's the best part. You... Through the ball. Yeah. A, he's throwing the ball to somebody to receive it. Oh, God, oh, that's great. Jerry dropped it, so it was yes. all for naught. But. <laughs> Sorry, but it was so funny. Oh, it was so hilarious. I could not believe how these maniacs, they went 100%. Yeah, I can tell. He came off real hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you weren't going to lose, Gio. That no, was no, pretty it was good. not. That yeah. was good. Ass crack out and everything. You know? <laughs> that was the best. All right, Joe, great seeing you. Congratulations, uh, congratulations again. Joe. Man, it was awesome. Thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 